Hey, sweet power crystals. Today, we're bringing you our conversation with the playful and powerful Bio Akomalafe. Bio is an author and speaker, a creator of post-humanist and post-activist brilliance, a devoted and humble family man, and our professor in graduate school. All three of us were enlivened by Bio's fresh take on the psyche, climate change, and trauma, and especially by his question, what if how we respond to crisis is a part of the crisis? My favorite part of having him in class is when he asked us to just like, he was like, leave the, leave the room and just go do something weird. And that was our only instruction. And then we were just like supposed to come and report back. So I, I loved bio even from that moment. Um, he is the author of These Wilds Beyond Our Fences, in which he contemplates the meaning of home through the lens of fatherhood and is the director of the Emergence Network, a network of humans and non-humans in supportive exploration of an otherwise way of living. So gear up. This is going to be adult conversation. Good to talk to y'all. Hope you're doing okay out there. Keep breathing. Keep being powerful. We are power crystals. Getting cute. Critical and metaphysical. Welcome back, everyone, to We Are Power Crystals. I'm here with the metaphysical yet critical and dangerously cute Leah Garza and Katie Robinson. Hey, y'all. Hello. Hello, hello. How are you today? We're doing okay. I'm doing okay. I'm pretty good. I'm chilling. I'm eating oatmeal, you know. Ooh. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, We also have a very special guest, Bio Akumalafe. Uh, hi, Bio. Hi, Jason, Katie, <laughs> yeah, aliens, grandmothers, everyone. Yes. <laughs> hi. Good to be here. What, um, we had a weird thing with the time. I'm glad that we, I didn't know there was a half hour inserted in the time difference there. I thought it would be directly on the hour, but it's not. So I'm glad we made it. Um, Mm -hmm. But I was wondering, do you generally just always record this late at night for you? Like when you have to communicate with people in the West? Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's almost always this. I I have another call uh, one hour, 30 minutes after this. So it's just, uh, and I'm just coming off a call with Brazilians. So it's usually at this time that I, (laughs) have um these conversations yeah okay yay so i have a first question i would love to jump in with um first of all we were just talking about the fly that landed on mike pence's head why do you Um, you presume i knew about the fly i'm I'm a nigerian (laughs) i'm a nigerian living in india what have i what do you why do you want to say a word on me? I have nothing to do, even though I know everything I need to know about the fly. I know everything about the fly's history, this biography. I know everything, such as the empire of America, of the United States. But go ahead. So that's super real, super real. I was going to catch you up if you didn't know about it. 
But I mean, as we're talking about it, it's making me wonder, like, I would be really interested to know, like, what you think is going on with that fly. I'm interested in, like, what meaning you're making of that diversion or like, like, and as a, as kind of a pathway into kind of like what's going on right now as like a giant question, but Mm. so it's kind of a telescoping type question, but like what, what just happened with that and how does it speak to what's happening right now? Well, to take take things really seriously on behalf of the fly community, I would like to say that. That we are, we, we feel outraged with, with, uh, no, I'm just kidding. Pence's hair. <laughs> but, but you know, when I saw the, I didn't watch the debate. Um, I have too many things doing to be, to be, to take that too seriously now. But I remember thinking, huh, this is another instance of the ways that the world kicks back, you know, to borrow a phrase from Karen Barad. Um, I like the idea of, uh, of this insectoid interruption, if you will, this, this, uh, this interruption from the material world. Um, I mean, this is what it evoked for me. I mean, two individuals coming together to have a debate. It's smooth. The algorithms are clear. It's, it should be easy sailing from here. And then this tiny critter, it just becomes the subject, the most memed fly or <laughs> the most photographed <laughs> fly in the history of flies. And the fly community is definitely celebrating this moment. But beyond that, <laughs> it, it really brings me to consider, you know, how things get interrupted, how we are beyond mastery, how our claims to... Um, our, our blueprint for progress or social change or transformation is almost always um, contextualized by flies, by pandemics and viruses, by mm-hmm. that kickback, you know, and say, nah, you guys are not in control. So whatever you have to say ah, is about me on Pence's head. Deal with it. I like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It conjured the same jokes in the in like in an instant across millions of minds like the same three or four jokes just like popped into the minds of millions of people simultaneously and we had like well that like flies are attracted to shit (laughs) and and like is he a rotting corpse <laughs> and you know you, i just saw the same ones over and over and over again and it was it was like for me kind of comforting to feel us have this like simultaneous dialogue or like you know conversation with each other like we're all in on some joke together even though none of us know each other and it happened like within an instant right i mean it was interesting that fly could determine the course of american um, history. <laughs> exactly. Exactly that. Y'all are giving this fly as much. I mean, all our activisms combined, all the hit the road protests, <laughs> kids in cages, pandemic responses, 200,000 dead. Yeah. And it might just be that some Republican out there will be like, nah, this guy's full of shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. the, most, 
is the I'm I'm voting for I'm voting for Biden. I'm I'm just going to close my nose and vote for Biden. Think about that for. <laughs> it's totally well, possible. Yeah. yeah. Well, can I follow up with that? Like something that we're really interested in hearing from you because you're just blowing up bio. We see you everywhere. You we saw you on Sounds True. You're just like becoming that like celebrity. Um no and so Oh, stop. Okay. We, we okay. can see it. <laughs> um, I mean, when, yeah, anyway, but I, I, like one of the things we were interested in hearing from you is because we've sat in class with you at Pacifica yeah. and we've heard you talk about, you know, where you come from and we have kind of like a, a different introduction to you than someone that just might hear you like on a podcast yeah. or watch you do talk on YouTube. We want to know like what like if if you what is what are you now who are you now Mm. how are you different than maybe how you were in january or yeah i know that's a big question Mm. it is a big question well i just want to say that i miss you guys actually and i'm actually longing to to see you guys again in physical space if flying is at all possible again for us to actually leave the classroom, go out for ice cream, you know, hang out a bit. <laughs> I don't take beer or wine. I take apple juice. We can deal with that. We can have yeah. I'm looking forward to that. Um, but that feels like a century ago, you know, when we were together. Yeah. Multiple separalities ago. Yeah. Um, and, and, and yet the... Um, I really don't know how to answer the question of identity right now. I've just been immersed in hmm. in rippling in ripples and eddies of movements and agencies and responsibilities and possibilities that I, I this this pandemic did a number on on me and my family and India where we make our home. You know, it's India is catching up with America. I mean, the United States yeah. in terms of America mm-hmm. first and India is like, yeah, we're close by. <laughs> we're almost there, guys. And it's people dying and suffering all, all over the place. And I don't know why I'm talking about this, but this I felt this maybe this one wanted to be said. Yeah, so in in the midst of this, I it's it looks like the universe is giving me my own medicine. I'm learning what it really means to slow down beyond my theoretical mm. formulations and the ease of conceptual clarity um, and lucidity. I'm learning to slow down. It's like I have no choice but to learn how to make gidosas better. I have no choice but to but to learn how to have my feet grounded. And, and learn how to stay in the awkwardness of being with my kids, you know, and the love and joy that comes with that as well. Um, and so I think I'm a, I'm a bundle of contradictions right now. And it's fine. Mm. I'm not coherent or intelligible. Um, yeah. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> can, can I just ask then, like, what does it feel like then to just have like a a total boom and like p- 
people wanting you, like the things that you're, and, and we definitely like saw that at Pacifica that like your, you know, like your perspective is like a balm for, you know, the struggle that people are feeling individually. And now it, it looks like you're, you're the exact right voice for so many people in this pandemic. And I just wonder like, what does that feel like mm-hmm. for you? Well, you haven't met my kids or my wife. If you meet my wife, you would know that it's almost impossible to feel like a celebrity uh, or any, or even needed. I think to, to be married to my wife, you need to be a post-humanist. You need to be so humble that you recognize that this is nothing. This has nothing to do with you. This is a wider and a deepening state of disaffection around the world with the status quo. These are lines of flight. Yeah. This is using delusion concepts, lines of flight, deterritorializations, opening spaces, ruptured places, mm-hmm. ruptured grounds. You know, these are the times congealing and making certain. So it has nothing. To, I, I'm very, very hesitant to use the word voice. And I know that using voice and speaking truth to power is a staple and a trope in critical feminisms and standpoint feminism. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I feel from a post-humanist perspective, this is like, um, this is like, like an upheaval, a groundswell of, of like a murmuration, guys, you know, like a murmuration of words. Mm-hmm. And it's enlisting bodies of different kind. I feel that yeah, in some sense, uh, people want to listen to what I have to say. Even at the same time, I want to listen to what people have to say as well. So um, I, I totally reject um, uh, the um, identity of a celebrity or, or anything that's stable. Um, it's, it's damaging to my spiritual well-being. To, mm-hmm. to do that mm-hmm. and and thank goodness even those times when i traveled when i was with you guys to in pacifica or did a talk somewhere and flew back in india and i was like ej this is what happened yeah yeah people are excited and all that you say great the dishes go wash the dishes <laughs> so, <laughs> that kind of spiritual discipline is really grounding and i have no I have people mm-hmm. around me that will not allow that to happen say that yeah i can't wait to book her on the podcast (laughs) (laughs) for real yeah seriously a hundred times more intelligent and more grounded than i am so yeah Mm -hmm. i love that katie yeah i'll pop in um i'm actually i'm just thinking about and twirling around something you said about like I'm completely incoherent right now. Um, and yesterday I just kind of had like a, a thought train or a download about like understandability because I feel like in the ways that you've like talked about um, and studied fugitivity, mm-hmm. I feel like there's a thread here of like what it means to be like unable to be understood and how that's like a, a fugitive space. So there's just, there's just something there. I don't know if you have any comments on that or like how those things overlap, but that's just something that came up for me in this. Cause I'm like, just in my own life, I'm kind of like, I need to get used to not being understood. Uh-huh. And like, that is a, 
a fugitive space and also can be a lonely space too. So I'm, I guess I'm kind of wondering about how you how do you deal with not being understood? Right. Always. Always. Yes. I mean, there's a well, I forget the name, but I don't know if you guys know this statue. You know, it's very, very popular of a man thinking. I think it's called the thinking man or something. I don't know what it's called, but the, the thinker, the thinker or think. something. Yeah. Um, yeah. I forget the author of that, but I, I think the, the thinker has been the principal, prominent, most privileged figure for, for thought in modern times. Like thought happens here in our heads. Um, lucidity, concepts, conceptualization, understandability, intelligibility. It happens within us. We're the principal, central uh, beings in the world. Um, and I, I feel to a large degree that that is no longer tenable, that we need to think mm -hmm. about thinking as ecological, that we need to think about understandability as a parliament of beings and agencies instead of mm -hmm. just an atomic um, reduced entity in a web of being or becoming. Mm -hmm. and, and what this means or what this means for me is, you know, um, the, the, the urge to mastery, which is part of modern architecture, is already disappointed or, or disturbed by the idea that the world sometimes will not yield or give itself to be, to be measured, to be known that the world can withdraw from being disclosed. Like the world has that priority. Mm -hmm. It will not submit yeah. itself to be measured. There's sometimes the, the world will curl back on itself and say, nope, I withdraw my endorsement. I will not be put in the family way. I will not be put or rendered or, you know, uh, computerized in, within your algorithms, your logic systems. I resist all of that. And that is so it's disturbing for us. Just like this pandemic is a prime mm -hmm. example of that. And the ongoing California fires, terrible, as Damien uh, seen. It, it's, it's, um, it's a beautiful and troubling example of that. When times, when visibility becomes so low that we cannot see ahead of us, you know, then, then the notion of the human figure is disturbed. So <clears throat> I, I found, sister, Katie, and this, I think this is directly to your question, if there was a question there, that I, I find that, or I found in, in the initial stages of the pandemic, that I wasn't speaking as clearly as I used to. <laughs> like, everything was jumbled. Uh, I wasn't putting sentences together. It's like eloquence was paused, and a different field of eloquence, a different energetic field of eloquence streamed in. And, and what was demanded at that time was probably silence, um, thick, curdling silence. Um, yeah. yeah. Wow, I really appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah, and like relying on those, our, I don't know, softer bodies when we're in spaces like Zoom because we're literally delayed and glitched and yeah. and fragmented. So how do we reach across this digital barrier to to hear and feel and be with each other? 
I don't think it's even a matter of reaching across, you know, reaching across, you know, Zoom to, to be with each other. I feel that we are, now the virtual is no less real than the physical. Um, mm. That we are in fact cyborgian bodies, right? We're, 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 we, are, we don't need to be cyborg for computers to be implanted in our skins, right? We're already cyborg because yeah. we're, <clears throat> our relationalities and materialities have been altered. Now we're going to spend more time on the computer system. Uh, we're going to be pixelated. Yeah. We're going to be glitched. It's not. It's not just a mediatory field outside, external to our mattering, to our bodies. It's literally a co-extension of our bodies. Now we are zoom. Yeah. We are zoomed bodies. We're glitching yeah. bodies. We are bodies that will go. Eh, 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 eh. You know, we are. We're all mm-hmm. of that, and that is what it means to touch our larger body. You know, using the Filipino philosophy of the wilder body, the wider body. That is what it means to come to terms with the fact that we're, we've never been discrete. We've never been atomized Newtonian yeah. Cartesian concepts. Mm-hmm. We've never been that discrete. We're mm-hmm. spread out. We're con- uh, continually changing. We're yet to come in an open-ended, imminent yeah. field of delusion, pence, hair, fly. What am I saying? <laughs> <laughs> I glitched there. I glitched. I glitched, guys. <laughs> I think also like what you're speaking to is like the the distance that we might feel is like born out of our you know modernist notion that we're separate from nature and that everything that exists is nature and therefore the computer is nature right. and internet is nature right. and mm-hmm. if we can diminish that boundary in our thinking or in our in our ontology then then the distance closes between us even on zoom yeah 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 and and the meaning of distance is reworked right in the moment right because we're interacting borrowing karen barad's term again we're interacting with each other there are openings there are closures there are discontinuities there are resonances Mm -hmm. differences are being made in every in this complex utterly complex relational field that we call rudely the world and so in being with zoom right now we're opening spaces of being with each other and we're reworking the meaning of distance we're we're reworking the meaning of bodies we're reworking the meaning of relationships uh i've seen and been part of zoom sessions where people are touched you know this is another reworked meaning Mm -hmm. of touch are touched by um, uh, uh, someone speaking, you know, and crying, you know, the idea that we're far yeah. apart in different time zone is is already reworked in this cyborgian virtual moment. Yeah, I have a quick follow up question to that, or like just a thought, yeah. because it seems like like when I hear you speak, bio, it's like you're so. Uh, people, you know, the, the kind of common narrative is like, oh, we're so far away from each other. Um, yeah, like touch isn't what it was, you know, like, and, and a real, a real like fear orientation towards the way things have changed. And I feel like, I feel like when I've heard you talk about things, it's, it's less of a fear orientation towards like, I guess just towards change in general, like the way that you have spoken about 
climate change is like, you know, this is this is a being who wants us to change. Like that's kind of what's going on. So I wonder, I kind of and maybe this is too deep, but I'm wondering like what is what is scary about this world right now? Or like what what is like what is what brings you like fear or like um not that like it is has there been any piece of information that kind of lands in a way of like oh no as opposed to like oh i could change in this way that is more human or in in the flow or is it kind of like the flow is the flow i don't know if that makes sense <laughs> I, I, it makes a lot of sense i'm never i'm not always zen about <laughs> about things um and i and i don't even think these ideas you know these material returnings, you know, th this notion that we're embedded in the world and not above the world or apart from the world. I don't think it dismisses fear or, or you know, pathologizes it. I'm not saying you said that. Um, so I, I have, of course, innumerable moments of, uh, of being afraid of loss, you know. Loss is my deepest fear now losing my 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 family um like i'm 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 very much willing to go dark and not publish a book or do another zoom call or fly ever again um just to be home and just to be with oh that reminds me another fear is not being there for my daughter and my son you know um and i don't mean in the terms of just being a parent in the modern closed sense of being a parent, but <clears throat> but becoming them. I, I feel parenting, or like my wife calls it, transparenting, is a becoming your child, becoming with your children, becoming with Alethea, becoming with Kea, meeting them halfway. Um, my, my deepest sense, one of my deepest senses of fear is also that I would speak about these things and lose and it will become a product it will become easy to speak about easy to say and then i would become in the words of one of my dear friends two of my dear friends actually charles eisenstein and manish jane i would become an idea celebrity and then it would become a brand and then i would not be able to say anything else which is the reason I uh, really resist being caged in by expectations of what I ought to say. So that's another thing. I don't want to forget how to sweep my house, you know, to sweep the mm. ground um, and know that in that moment, that's theory work, that I'm making theory by sweeping the house and washing mm -hmm. the dishes. I may not sit down and craft something called fugitive incapacitation, you know, or creativity, <laughs> but in the very moment of being um, with the world, I'm conducting inquiry, research, post-qualitative inquiry mm -hmm. with the world around me. I'm making sanctuary with the world around me. So, so yes, I do have, and I'm invested with, and I'm possessed by multiple manifold fears, um, and yet I I do feel that the things that I'm equipped or I feel invited to speak with, you know, allow me to notice that some of the fears that are 
uh, that are widely generated by modern assemblages do not allow us to appreciate um, the prophetic imaginations that are yet possible, you know, in loss, mm -hmm. in failure, even in dying. Um, and I feel we're, we're trapped, we're incarcerated in a conceptual bubble that does not allow us to play with the world in all its wild and terrifying glory. You know, um, so sometimes mm -hmm. when I do consider that, fear gradually gives way, uh, gives way to wonder, you know, to, to invitation mm -hmm. to play. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate you answering that question because I know it's like, it's an intense thing to think about. And I just, I so, <laughs> what you just said of like fear giving way to wonder, like, I feel like, you know, the major feel I've been feeling, fear I've been feeling is like, you know, death, you know, yeah. modernism hates death. Yep. But I keep coming across this thing of like, yo, death might be the safest thing for some people or like death could be safe. Yeah. And what are like, what if we just upset that completely? And that's one of those things where I'm like, oh, should I say that? Is that too weird? Yeah. You know, like, but yeah. So I just, yeah, that, that fear giving way to wonder, like, the ways we can be with fear so that it opens up, you know, and isn't, isn't cemented, isn't fixed. Yeah. Um, I really feel that. Yeah. 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 We need to rethink death and dying, you know, as instead of enemies, they might be allies. They might be, they might be invitations. Yeah. It's, I feel a, connection in understanding between all of us right now and I think a lot of that speaks to us sharing like just the four of us right now that we may share an ontology or share a paradigm or or be able to to live in the same uh, we're on the same you know planet of reality and I think one of the things that um that I struggle with. And one of the reasons like why we created this, the space of this podcast was to um, have a place that felt entirely seen and understood when we speak of things like death is safe. Mm. Um, because when we, at least it's been my experience that when I go out in the world, it isn't even that, my ideas are unpopular or who I, you know, like what I, I don't know something, but it's that when I speak, it feels like other people can't hear me because they're in a different paradigm completely. Like the words I'm saying are English and they can hear the words, but the thing that I am saying is, is so out of their frame of reference. Uh, you know, it's, it's distant ontologically. It's not, they're not there. Um, and that has been an incredibly, like, at first I perceived it as lo lonely, like, wow, no one can hear me except maybe Katie and Jason. But then it became, like, so freeing to know that, like, I don't have to, I don't have to convince anyone to see me or hear me. Like, they're, it, they're not going to, so that's futile then to, like, spend my energy trying to get someone onto my planet. Um, and so 
it has made me think a lot about ontology and, and like the literal difference in realities that like, for example, like my mom mm-hmm. cannot understand a lot of the stuff that we just <laughs> talked about. Me too. And, and, and I love, i clearly love her so much. And, and I was right. I was raised with, by her and with her in, in that world that she's in now, but I've, I've left that world for like in terms of what is possible. And I just wonder if like you or anyone, Jason or Katie too, like what you make of like being in a different world or, or even different world is like to just to separate it out. Isn't what I mean, but to, to play between worlds, to navigate, to, to share on an ontology and also be completely oriented somewhere else at the same time. And like, I don't know if any of that makes sense, Mm. but I feel like that is related to what you were both saying, Katie and Faya. Mm. Yeah. Sometimes it feels on the darker days, it feels like, uh, it feels alien or like, I don't belong to this body or like, what even am I? Can you guys hear me? And then on more optimistic days, it feels like, scanning the field for who's also playing the same game who is seeing that like you said by who is recognizing that the fly is an activist but also like a trickster but also just living its best life versus just a pest um so it's like this wild oscillation between both of those extremes mm. You want to say something, Katie? Yeah, I'm thinking about, I think on something I've just been noticing about like ontology paradigm too, is that I don't stay in one. So kind of like to what you just said, Jason, too, it's like on my worst days or like heaviest days or whatever, like I am in a different ontology. Like I I have a different ontological belief about like, how I relate to the rest of the world. And then it shifts, you know, the next day it shifts because I drink coffee. Like it's so, I'm like my beliefs about what I am and who I am change all the time. And it's so fluid. So I, yeah, I think in general, like similar to you, Leah, like I just had the epiphany of like, oh my God, you know, people are really out here believing in a different reality than I am. And I believe in different realities than I believe in too. So I'm, I've just kind of tried to like sit back and watch it a little bit, which does sometimes feel lonely, but then, you know, as you invited in already bio, I'm just okay. But I have to remember, like I have, I have the ETs, I have my ancestors, I have these trees that I chose to be around and they chose me. And I I always have like my animals and like my partner is here. And the separation I feel from the world will expand and contract continuously depending on so many things. So I just like, I'm really trying to understand I'm really trying to not get caught in habits of trying to, yeah, correct or bring people onto my planet or like just engage outside of my ontology a little bit. Mm. Beautiful. I don't even know if I want to add anything to those 
builds a beautiful common sense. Except to say that, you know, I think, you know, Hillman would say that the psyche is not in the mind, the mind is in the psyche. You know, it's it's the other way around. Mm -hmm. It's in likewise, we don't have yeah. beliefs as much as beliefs have us, you know, it, and we don't even feel yeah. emotions as much as we are, we are part of effective assemblages and, and, and feelings enlist our bodies and use our bodies to, to work out their inquiry and go on their way, basically. So it's, it, yeah. it's if you if you start to think beyond uh, the um the the sui generis i the coherent i then then you might come to the place katie's place of noticing that maybe my work is not to convince people to come to my planet um maybe just being here is enough you know um maybe i don't need to evangel uh you know to be an evangelist and proselytize and all of that. Maybe failure is just as good. Yeah. Yeah, I, you know, the idea that beliefs have us, like the Hillmanian dream is dreaming you. The beliefs have us that we are, you know, we're the operators of these bigger things maybe, or they're living through us. It, it can't not, it, it, it inherently brings me to a place of compassion then for all of the people like I'm in Southern California and we have, you know, just South of Los Angeles is Orange County and Orange County is known for, you know, the Karens and the white people that, you know, vehemently and aggressively don't want to wear masks and don't want to, they don't want to be in community, you know, they're, and they, they use the argument of it's an infringement on their personal rights. And, you know, on the surface, like when we were talking about what gives you fear, like I fall into a knee jerk reaction of like, how dare you, you know, like anger. And then when I like sit with it in my quarantine room, I, um, I can't help but feel compassion. Then when I think about the bigger, energies and movements at play that those people are like living out that there's that they're doing the best that they know how to do for who they are in their life, in their ontology. Right. Yeah. It, it's deeply connected to compassion for right. me. Right. And, uh, well, I like the, I think it was Catherine Keller, a theologian that speaks about intercarnation in a, in a pantheistic universe. Um, the self isn't as, as contained as we think it is, like I've said variously. Um, and so we are actually ancestral bodies and ancestral strategies. We are streams, if you will. So we're, we're living out the memories and lives and becomings of things that are around us, things that are still working out their own salvation, uh, to, to, to speak that way. Yeah. So, so uh, it, that also brings compassion, right? It, it brings us to a place of saying, 
you're not even in you're not even the master of your own self we're always immersed in an agonistic field that is unmasterable so the idea that you're mastered you have these feelings and skills and competencies and now you have a master's degree and now you have a phd and so you you are skilled and competent in navigating ontologies and epistemologies all of that is bunk you know <laughs> Mm-hmm. When you frame, when you meet the monstrosities, the chimeric quality of the world mm-hmm. at large. And yet, even with all of these things that we're saying, put us in a different scenario, all of us, four of us here in a different scenario, and we will probably eat each other's flesh, you know, in this. <laughs> we'll probably cannibalize <laughs> each other's flesh. And maybe Jason will, go, Jason will be like, this guy is black, probably. But black is good. I'm just going to go for it. <laughs> And here, <laughs> yeah, looking juicy, looking juicy right there. You know, in socio material context, and we might find we need to eat eat each other. That's it. And I'm just gonna eat you. Mm-hmm. You eat me. And then that yeah. So. I think that's what the pandemic has shown so many of us that, like who we thought we are, what we thought was real and stable yeah. is absolutely not. And so like for me, I've had this sensation of like myself dissolving that I mm-hmm. don't exist at all. And because there's no, there's no world to mirror back to me who I thought I was. Cause I'm in my house all the time. There's like, you know, all the things that I thought were valuable and this might be just my identity formed through like United States, Western colonial capitalism, but like the things I consumed have no, no meaning in the way that they did before as they, as I thought that they pertain to like who I am, like who this fixed, like I am. Um, and, and yeah, the context is different. We are the flesh eaters, like in a sense already mm-hmm. because the pandemic has like put us through a wormhole where the the mm-hmm. identity of us is like it slipped away and and so the mask people mm-hmm. again they're like i i perceive and this is totally my judgment i perceive like tremendous fear of like who am i if i'm not me and therefore i'm going to hold on to like fighting for my freedom and not wearing a mask and fighting you and and that just like I know that resistance of like wanting to hold so tightly to an identity and it's painful. And so I, yeah, I'm just, I'm all I can come back to is the compassion. I feel, yeah, that dissolving has been so, yeah. So bio I'm in Minneapolis. So we've seen a lot of things burn like now a lot of the rest of the coast, the West one and a lot of the other world. Okay. A lot of burning happening, but it has been, I, I felt initially like felt that dissolving and like physical dissolving happen like all around and that like to what you're saying of like I felt myself dissolve it's been so weird to like see physical like you know our home you know burned and changed and like streets are now for people marching and they're not for cars anymore and this corner where I've spent so much time is like now it's a memorial and this whole area so that thing of like things are not what they were anymore but they've also always been this yeah. 
Like I feel that because, because in my head, some of those places still stand, which means they're still standing, you know, like, and so I feel that like collapsing and it's just been really interesting to feel in my community because there's just a lot of, you know, drama. There's a lot of feelings. There's a lot of call outs going on within community. And I feel like that's that grabbing too. Um, And particularly grabbing around like, this is what activism is. It's not that this is what you should do with money. It's not that this is what blackness is. It's not that. And so it's just been, it's been interesting to see people who will like, who can or will like embrace the dissolve, embrace that identity is like, excuse me, what right now? And, and then also those who are gripping and then like trying to trust that all of that is also by design. And like, there is a, a place for people grabbing on and there's a place for others of us dissolving. And yeah, like that, like I'm even thinking about the fly, right? Again, and and like, cause I've seen some memes that are just like the fly accidentally flew in. And so it's like, well, maybe it was accidental, maybe it wasn't, but like, if it was accidental, then even the fly is being moved by something that it doesn't even really know. You know what I mean? So it's kind of that line between trusting what's coming through you as an expression of something else and humbling yourself to like the power Mm. um, Mm. that we're all pieces of. Mm. Mm. I love that. You know, I I don't even know how to think about accidents anymore as... uh, Uh, because if you, mm-hmm. if to think about accidents you need an ontology that is stable an ontology of fixed algorithms and computational pathways mm-hmm. and a deviation from that is might be thought of as an accident but this fly didn't perch on pence's head this fly became pence it was a pence becoming fly fly becoming pence they became pence fly or fly guy Fly man. <laughs> they, 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 they performed each other in that moment. It, 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 was, it was something, it was an accident and, I would say, it was more than, yeah. it was more yeah. than just an unfortunate series of circumstances or events. Um, and, and, and that is the magic of the world. That is the magic of our animist world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was just about to say he became Flyman, you know, like a superhero in his own right, like Batman. He became, you know, yes. avenging the far right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like they, yeah. they were eating each other's flesh at no, that no, point. No, 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 not yet. Not yet. <laughs> Jason, what are you thinking about? I'm thinking about how uh, blending all of what we were saying, um, how we're all coronaviruses now. If Mike Pence's flyman, then the pandemic is with us. We're all coronaviruses, especially people who are trying to 
deny its presence or like resist mask wearing or um, safety measures because even though they are insistent that they're separate from it, their whole life is becoming oriented around denying the coronavirus. Yeah. Denying they're like constructing each other. They're being born together. They're still with it and refusing to let it sort of just become white noise in our world. It's not going to go anywhere. So they're turning up the volume on coronavirus and the discomfort of a pandemic. Right. Making it louder for all of us. It's Christianity and Satanism all over again. Yes. You should explain that because I don't think Bio knows your thought on that. We'll see. Every time we talk about it, the technology just resist it, but maybe yeah, it's the moment. So a while back, Lee and I were recording a podcast about spirituality. And I came out to Leah as <laughs> with my belief that Christianity is satanic, more so than the Church of Satan <laughs> okay. or any satanic cult. Because Christianity's whole like vision of the world, its ontology, is dependent on the existence of Satan. Like, you can't have heaven without hell. You can't have God without Satan. Jesus's, like, miracles aren't miracles without um, being in opposition to Satan. So, truly, the Christian church is the source of Satan. And through their rituals and prayers and protections, they're praying Satan into the world, into their lives, into themselves. So everything they do from blessings to baptisms, to singing together, to sharing meals is an offering to Satan. So so just like people not wearing masks or like resisting safety measures against coronavirus, they're bringing, inviting coronavirus and Satan closer and closer to us. So Mm -hmm. they're totally one with it and have become Satan, become coronavirus. I love it. (laughs) 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 We we become that, we become that which we resist, right? We Mm -hmm. lean on something long enough. You become, you take on the shapes that you're resisting. And so, Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, and here's a prime example. Back home in Nigeria, there is, um, I think I shared this with you guys in, in class, but, 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 but um, the British guys came and they needed to, to shove their cosmologies down our throats. And so they basically said, look, all what you guys have been doing, saying is rubbish. Um, Jesus is the guy you should be worshiping, God, and all of this is the true book. This is the authentic word of life. Um, and everyone said, yes, okay, good, we'll do it, no problem. Um, but they had a problem, the British, the missionaries. They said, so we also want to tell you about the devil. And everyone back home was like, the who? And the devil, the devil, Satan. What? What's the devil? What's Satan? Mm-hmm. It turns out we didn't have anything like a boogeyman in our cosmovision. Nothing mm. of the sort. We didn't have a bad guy, you know, a villain somewhere. Um, and so they took one from our pantheon. Uh, the, the Yoruba pantheon that includes the Orishas like Ogu and Oyan, Yemoja and all the, the 
goddesses that Beyonce is trying out today. You know, they took, um, they, took <laughs> they took all of that and um, and and they took issue. They took issue out of the pantheon, and issue became the devil. Literally, the meaning of the word mm-hmm. issue to us in the modern Yoruba world uh, is devil. When you hear issue, it means Mm. And so there's a movement in Nigeria now that is trying to, it's called issue is not the devil. Hashtag issue is not the devil. And so people are like, it's not the devil. We're resisting that. We're trying to reclaim. But you know what? I think issue wouldn't mind. Such is issues qualities that he wouldn't mind being the devil. would be like, interesting. What can we do with that? You know, and this is what I hear from mm-hmm. Jason's, Jason's radical reformulation of Christianity as uh, <laughs> as devoted to, to the devil. And I think the devil will be like, I'm, I'm good. I'm, that's great. That's great. That's good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I also, it reminds me of also like um, the, like what you pay attention to grows. Uh-huh. Like what are you spending your energy on? And like even subconsciously, what you spend your energy on subconsciously or implicitly like how holy can I be is actually saying this other thing, you know, of like, and which is birthing the like birthing Satan, you know? Yeah. 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 Go ahead. I was going to say it's the, it's the, it like Satan and God and like what they actually are doesn't even matter. It's like the, the binarization is like, that is the original binarization. That's like what created all the binaries that we now know and, and are like struggling under because we are not binary. We're not, we're not categories. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was going to say, it feels like that Satan was someone's insecurity of feeling bad. And so like that fear is like a fear of what you already are. It's like yes. fear, of, fear of the coronavirus is like fear of your like your fleshiness and like how you're already an assemblage of bacteria and virus. Mm-hmm. And our whole life is mixed and entangled with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So fear of Satan is like fear of just yeah. one part of yourself that you became obsessed with. Mm-hmm. I feel that so much. I recently just like had had another like epiphany or moment of just like if if I can like if I can locate where I am the thing that I am most scared of, if I can own it and like actually be it, then it it doesn't like become scary anymore. Like if I if I yeah. am if I am like the most evil or violent because it's like not being afraid to like channel those things or to be those things because you are those things. It's like, yeah, it like quelled fears. Mm-hmm. And it was just like a yeah. weird experience that happened. But I feel like bio, you were going to say something. No, 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 no. I was, I was, in, I'm really enjoying, okay. I'm, I'm enjoying this. Go ahead, sister. Go ahead. You're, mm-hmm. you're. That was basically <clears throat> it. Just that like, when we can not be afraid to like encapsulate everything, mm-hmm. then nothing becomes, too overwhelming yeah yeah which is like not being afraid of your fear right or like your anger or your jealousy or these things that have been binarized as like ugly like they really do live in all of us yeah. 
Yeah. And also just like the Hillman notion of pathologizing that like there's the solution is inherent in the problem that like, not that there's a problem, but just that like, it's not a problem to like to experience those states of being is, is not, um, you know, in the, in the modernist like paradigm, it's, it gives you a social value. Like if you are jealous, then you're, uh, you you don't have, you know, there's something wrong with you, but like in the Hillmanian like notion of pathologizing, jealousy is working with you to uncover like a deeper sense of you yeah. or yeah. like to, you know, to uncover something. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> and, you know, speaking of yeah. the devil, there, there are passages in the scripture that actually, you know, scripture isn't holistic. It's not one, it's not uh, singular. Um, mm-hmm. th- there are instances where the word shatan is, is used to indicate or as an as an indicator of an event that God is participating in, that God actually sends this Satan to do his yeah. bidding, you know. And there are, again, there are also multiple Christianities. There isn't one. There, the Christianity is also right. fugitive, also becoming, and and, and mm-hmm, so yeah. it it's it's still the world is always teenage always working itself out and, and there there are no mm-hmm. and that helps me even think about you know this idea of things you know uh, i think it was lauren berlant that called it cruel optimism how we we try how we will often sabotage ourselves you know uh, uh, by um by sticking to a particular vision of how justice should happen or hope should happen mm-hmm, you know, yeah. it's, like, mm-hmm. yeah. it's like justice gets in the way of transformation. Like if activism should actually totally. meet yeah. its yeah. its end, its goal, we would find out that maybe this is not what we wanted. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's so real. Yeah. These ideas become monoliths and then yeah. we're like trying to achieve the monolith rather than like even we like disorient from the reason why we even sought something like justice to begin with or you know and then we're like focused on that big giant thing that really represents nothing it's 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 spectacular you know Mm -hmm. we're we're addicted we're hollywoodized we're ps4 eyesed we are we are part of Mm -hmm. assemblages we don't know how to name and in and and we're performing emotional labor all the time for in in these uh, assemblages and and what that what that mm-hmm. uh, what that's doing to us is that we are becoming um, trained to expect the world to change in particular ways, and when it doesn't, then we're defeated, then we're crestfallen. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. justice must come in some kind of spectacular fashion, um, an explosion here, and everything changes. And and the mm-hmm. small moment when a grandmother cooks for a grandchild is dismissed, you know, mm-hmm. it doesn't register in the radar yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah i feel like some of the posts you've been making we are recently around like um you know justice right now quote unquote as it's applying to brianna taylor mm-hmm. and it's just like just the whole idea that like okay 12 million dollars like y'all <laughs> like it's not even like justice is not real like it was not even designed to like so 
kind of almost like don't get your hopes up or like that like it cannot there's nothing that can equal or make okay you know like what happened those that's kind of the sentiment of those folks i don't know if you want to talk to them more but it was never designed it won't happen i just made a post and then i deleted it because i was afraid of being too far away Mm. too distant ontologically from everyone else that said if justice isn't possible, if justice doesn't exist, what else is possible? Mm-hmm. And I already know that I'm asking for a fight on mm-hmm. Instagram because people, people live in one reality there or, you know, like it's very, it's so one dimensional that you can't, you know, I, I know I was asking for a fight and sometimes I want to fight, but it's, you know, <laughs> very, I, I know. <laughs> but it's, it's so real that like, you know, at least for us, we can't in in the U.S. We can't, we cannot conceive of justice outside of money. It's like impossible for folks to. And, and so, to me, I'm like, give the money, then, like everyone, get the money, and then you will see that the wounds exist still, mm-hmm. that like the grief is still there, and that there has got to be some other. That's when we can maybe start or some people might learn that or find out that that's the place from which we can like start dreaming of, mm-hmm. of soothing each other and mending the ruptures and in, in some other way, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. money is not going to do it. No, I don't think so. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's a flattening agency. I must've told you guys the story of mm-hmm. Akita. Bakita is a 19th century slave woman, 20 years old, I believe, from um, data and estimations that arrived in uh, via uh, Kaisto Valongo, the biggest slave port in the world of its time, infamous for being that in Rio de Janeiro uh, in the 19th century. And, and um, she didn't make it away from the port. She died at, at somewhere around there. So she, she, she probably even died on the ship from the terrible and difficult mm-hmm. journey. And so she was dumped along with thousands of others, you know, just dumped in a yard there somewhere in the city where broken pots and uh, vases were, you know, dumped as well. And in 20, in the in the, in the 2000s, I can't remember when, Brazil hosted the Olympics, or was it the World Cup? I can't remember which one it was, but they were renovating the whole space and they, and they dug up these bones, they dug it up again. And this massive graveyard of, of bones mm-hmm. that were still speaking, you know, that were, that, oh, that were yeah. never done away with. You know, such a shocking... Um, such, such a shocking calling out of modernity's presumptions that it's flattening mm-hmm. with asphalt and skyscrapers and dancing, yeah. you can you can silence the you can silence the past. You could you could do away with the story of Bakita. Uh, so so yes, uh, justice seems to be part of the at least one framing of justice because words are not stable in their meanings. At least one framing of justice mm-hmm, right. suggests that justice is part of the architecture of closure, of coverings, 
Um, it's done. You are slaves. Get over it. Let's go ahead. Let's progress. You know, that's justice. It's like we're bringing yeah. you to the top of the ship. It's fine. You know, you're included right mm-hmm. now. You're now part of, you know, this beautiful yeah. ritual of homemaking we call whiteness. It's fine. Um, yeah. and, and then a bone yeah. says, no, you know, uh, not yet. Mm-hmm. What do we do with that? Yeah. Yeah. It, this conversation to this turn just also reminds me of something M. Jackie Alexander wrote of like this activism we've been doing, right? Like it, it does something, you know, re- reactive reactivism, right? Like it does something, but there are wounds that it won't heal. It's not designed to heal, right? And I think of, you know, being on this continent, you know, all the bones, all the bones and all the, um, I, like I think about things that I don't even know how to have grief for or how to be sad for, but how that grief is still there. Just thinking about all the non-humans and all of the life forms and, and, and knowing that like, an essential part of transformation like is grief like you're not going to have transformation without grief because it like something has been lost right like Mm -hmm. there are certain things that are no longer so it's going to have grief and you know god is changed and so it's like well god is grief you know what i like (laughs) there's a rabbit hole there but like just thinking about it's been really soothing to me to just like really humble myself. Like, whew, my body might not even be able to contain all of this. And that's okay. Like there might be grief and emotions that are too much for me. And it's actually not my job to like, to transform it all, to, to titrate it all. You know, I can just kind of chill sometimes yeah. or yeah. 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 That's why I want to encourage you guys to keep on saying weird stuff. Uh, <laughs> no, no, really, guys. Yeah, keep on. Okay, Dad. Keep on saying weird. Keep on saying weird stuff because we're the, everyone is saying exhausted, outworn. You know, it's the repeated same old stuff we're saying over and over again. The weird. We need weird stuff. We need weird uh, statements. Mm-hmm. We need people like Leah that would ask, okay, what happens if there isn't any justice? You know, I don't, I'm not asking you to put that on Instagram. Instagram itself is a conversation. <laughs> you know, it's not just a conversation. <laughs> like Facebook, it is yeah. a conversation in itself. It's yeah. in itself. Yeah. But, but yes, we, you're, you're holding a fugitive space here of, uh, of, of mm-hmm. virtual becomings and and that is that this is activism this is post-activism work uh this is beautiful work you're doing so yeah celebrate this mm, yeah yeah can, can i ask one of the things that we wanted to know from you okay. is you clearly like are reading a lot of stuff what is too weird for you have you like come up against anything lately that's been like no i can't go there no no, <laughs> because I, I think no. when you start out from the fact that you live in an open-ended universe, then you, you can tolerate. I have a theory for extraterrestrial participations in 
in, in activism that I call exofeminism. Say more. <laughs> yeah. Like exofeminism. Wow. When is that paper coming out? I don't know. know. I don't know. It's so much, so much <laughs> stuff to get through these days. But, but yeah, it, it, the world is so open-ended that I'm interested in things that most people find a waste of time. I, I want to learn about the, the story behind Prometheus. Uh, Ridley Scott's mm-hmm. writing of Prometheus. That's interesting to me. Mm-hmm. I want to create theories around Batman and how that is animist work. You know, that is post-qualitative mm-hmm. inquiry mm-hmm. by shape-shifting mm-hmm. a bat. That is man-bat, you know, dimension. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 if, if it's imminent, then it's beautiful. It, you get trapped when you feel that the world is just a container of things that are yet to be discovered mm-hmm. um, instead of things that are still being, uh, still identifying themselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. Nothing too weird for you, though. No, <laughs> no, not nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Say it. Spill it. <laughs> well, I'm still. I'm still a choir boy at heart, when you think about it. Uh, I was brought up in a very Christian world. Um, I don't subscribe to that anymore. Uh, but, but, you know, you really can't abandon um, your conditioning or, or things like I don't subscribe to it. I just shared Jason saying Christianity is of my mother would kill you. She would kill you. <laughs> she would kill you. She would kill you. And, and you better not... Well, she better not hear about this interview. I hope she doesn't hear. <laughs> she, she'll kill me too. She'll kill me too. Um, but but there's no abandoning things in an entangling universe. So, yeah, I I, I do find some things weird. Um, I I find I find it weird, um, and this is a larger issue around um, how America or the United States. I, I I'm learning to be specific about that. The nation state of, you know, exports exports its paradigms of social justice to, to mm-hmm. in the global south, um, mm-hmm. uh, you, you know, and we take it in. You know, as a trained psychologist, I learned how uh, dimensions and categories were exported to my people. You know, we started to wait for American textbooks to understand what's happening to us so decontextualized yeah. that we yeah. waited on the DSM manual to understand our own selves. And, mm-hmm. and we're, I'm seeing it again, you know, like um, I understand it's, it's context and it's usefulness, but when people insist that people from Zimbabwe or India call them by their pronouns, you know, and say, you must call me, you must put a he mm-hmm. or she or a they according to, in front of your name or else there's something wrong with you. I resist that conformity. I resist, I resist conformity in that way. Um, even though I celebrate it, I celebrate it. My theory is all about yeah. that. I am a function. Mm-hmm. I am a creative curation of erasures and violences, and I can't do anything about that. You know, I'm not mm-hmm. going to succumb to, to some America-centric pattern um, because it's from the West. Yeah. So yeah, that, yeah. That, uh, that, was, that was the hottest part of the conversation. 
I love that. That's great. You heard it right here. Bio hates America. No. Bio hates you. What? I do not hate America. I'm I kidding. I'm kidding. I love all the toxic pleasures. I love the ice cream. I, love the ice cream. <laughs> I don't like organic ice cream. I never. It's not ice cream. Um, <laughs> yes, yes. I'm totally kidding. You don't know us well, but we definitely <laughs> call each other out as a joke constantly. Yeah. It's funny. <laughs> um, well, we're getting near our time mark, yeah. and yeah. one of the things I don't know if you have any other questions, Jason or Katie. Do you feel like it's anything else pressing? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that we do on this podcast in general, because we do talk about like metaphysical things, we often try to, you know, end the podcast with like um, tools or, or things that practices that people can do. And we didn't really talk about any, you know, spiritual metaphysical like modalities or anything, but is there anything that you do in your life right now that's like bringing you joy that you might want to share with people? Hmm. That is bringing me joy. Ah, that is. Or even just things that you have been doing as a practice that feel good in your body to do. I've been so trapped in midair, in flights and airports and audiences, that being at home itself is just Mm. joyful. You know, for me, it's just joyful. And there was a sense of sadness when I felt, ah, the shopping malls might be opening again and I don't want things to return mm. to normal. I want, yeah. I, there, there's a hidden apocalyptic side of me that an anarchist that just wants to burn everything down. And, mm-hmm. and that dark side, I, I don't want to pathologize it. I want to honor that side as well and say, yeah, I see you. I, I recognize you. But being at home and, and watching my kids grow Watching my daughter um, being as prolific as she is, I wish I can turn the screen around, see all what she does. Um, it, it's, been a, it's been a source of joy for me. Writing is, uh, is, is, my, is my spiritual tradition. Um, writing is my spiritual tradition. Uh, journals. Every, this is not a Bible, by the way. This is actually... <laughs> journals that uh, it's it's my most fervent source of um composting myself um mm-hmm. and writing as a spiritual journey yes and and not that i seek joy to be the tail end or objective of my quests or practices i think what i seek to do is to take my devils on picnics my demons just to yeah how you guys doing uh, you know, how, 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 how are you keeping up? Just, just to be with my demons and to disturb the idea that I am whole, coherent, intelligible, holy, especially holy, given the mm-hmm. given the my conditioning, where I'm coming from, and what people expect of me, um, as I'm increasingly visible, is that bio is holy or some kind of exotic, magic Negro. Yeah. you know mm-hmm. and i'm like no i eat yeah. oh that's so disappointing bye-bye yes. 
Uh, <laughs> yes. Or <laughs> <laughs> I don't do this, or I don't yeah. do that. And it's not like an ideology or, or any categorical statement. It's just, I'm, I'm flawed. I'm beautifully flawed. And I, and I want to stay with that. Mm-hmm. I don't want to transcend the fact that I have cracks all over my body. Uh, but yeah, but I'm going all over the place. Thank you. Jason, what about you? What's, what are you doing? Um, every morning I wake up, I put my hands on my heart, <laughs> and I breathe in the love of Satan for me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> 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 I don't know. I feel like I'm uh, also surrendering to or exploring the idea of being happy with things not going back to whatever they were, um, but also terrified at the same time. Yeah. Um, and I really liked what you said, Katie, about you gave us this pathway from fear to wonder by by finding that little resonance with the thing we're afraid of or that we're intimidated by um definitely gonna remember that more um but i don't know i don't know what i'm doing and i'm just trying to be okay with that yeah Mm -hmm. how about you katie um Y'all are going to laugh because I'm going to talk about insects again, but I moved into a new place and there's like a yard and a sidewalk um, and that I can just like sit on in the sun. Um, And so I've just been like sitting on the sidewalk in concrete, like getting close with the insects and I've just, you know, the little ants or like just the little bugs and throughout the past few months, there's been this one grasshopper who, who just sticks around. And I know the grasshopper because one of their little um, antennas is cut. It's like shorter than the other one. And I swear, y'all, I'll go out and then this homie will just roll up and then just like sit with me in the sun. Like I had the dog, the cat and this grasshopper all on the stoop with me one day. And I was like, this is dope. So the other day I went to sit on the bench and then I got up to go do something and I came back and who was in my spot, this grasshopper. So I've just been kind of getting to know the, the insects around my, my new place. And it's really cute to just kind of watch them on their way, honestly. The booest boo ex that ever boo ex. <laughs> <laughs> That grasshopper, y'all. <laughs> That's cool. Leah? Um, I have, well, this is going to be, this is funny. I started therapy. I started regular ass modernist therapy after a very long break and a very long departure from thinking it was a valid thing and it turns out that it's nothing like it was before in my life. It doesn't feel at all like it's trying to fix me. I matched with someone that is, you know, 
at least I, I was seeking someone who at least knew what I at least knew about what I thought about. And this person is Jungian and depth and somatic and has a lot of similar things, but, and I don't even put a lot of weight on that. I just wanted somebody that wasn't going to dismiss me or try to erase my experience for the sake of fixing me. And she does none of that. And, um, it's been us besides what happens in therapy. I think like going has allowed me to hold again, who I thought I was with some lightness that like, I'm against therapy. I'm this way and it's fixed. And so just engaging in this thing that I thought I was against is like showing me again, how much I don't exist in that way that I thought I did that rigid Leah is not really there. Um, So besides the actual conversations we have, just the going and the being open has been on a weekly basis, allowing me to be open to so many other things that I thought were rigidly a part of my life. Mm. And I'm not telling anyone they should go to therapy unless they they feel the calling to do so. But it, yeah, it's had like a domino effect for a lot of other things that I was holding on to very tightly that have felt really good to hold to, lightly so that's what i've been doing Mm -hmm. thank you guys i i I might have to jump up soon and uh yeah another call but but i have to say this has been the most joyful and the most animated and most painful (laughs) conversation that i've had in a long while and i've probably done more like Mm. 50 (laughs) within the within the but this has been the most joyful and i really want to do this again you guys are so much fun yes Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. you're definitely a power crystal bio full power crystal totally Totally. yeah (laughs) (laughs) achievement unlocked (laughs) i will find my superpower well thank you so much yeah (laughs) thank you so much we really appreciate your time and this has just been, yeah, really full and, and good, like just full for us. So, yeah. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you, Bayo. Oh, yeah. Thank you, guys. Bye. Talk soon, okay? Bye. 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 Bye.